Father in heaven, it's a beautiful song. It's moving. And it's true. For all who are in Christ, we have this assurance of your presence and power and peace given to us no matter the circumstances of our lives. And we need that desperately tonight. Between now and the moment that you would call us home or you would return, we experience so much that is hard and also so much that is full of joy. Tonight, Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would move in such a way that the depth of that song and the truth of the word Emmanuel, God with us, would make a difference for eternity. That some would come to saving faith and others would have their eyes open anew to the glory of what it means to be in union with Christ. Father, I pray that you would be honored by all that we do the remainder of this service, and that you would remove all distractions, and that we truly would feast on your word and be made different because all for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Let's stand for the reading of God's word. We're going to read the prophecy from Isaiah regarding the name of the Messiah Jesus centuries before Christ would be born, and the fulfillment of that then recorded in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 1. First, Isaiah 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. From Matthew chapter 1, 18 to 23. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. The song, All is Well, speaks of a reality and not just a moving piece. It speaks of something that the gospel is centered on, even as it, is, as it ends with the word Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. God with us. 
it's actually mind-blowing and impossible to believe. Outside of the grace of God and his illuminating spirit. That God himself would become man, fully man, and fully God. And dwell with us. And dwell in us. I want to ask you to be very honest for a moment. I want to ask you to think about the things today and yesterday and last week and last month and throughout this year that you've been considering. What are the things that you have spent a lot of time anxious over? What have been the things that you've had conversations with a close friend, a loved one, maybe a prayer, listening to God? What are the things that you have been considering? Maybe one way of discovering that would be what have been the storms in your life over the last many days, weeks, months? Not just the storms that we see outside. We've seen a lot of them. But your own life. What storms have you been experiencing? What waves have you been tossed to and fro on? Maybe another way to think about what you've been considering is what have you been thirsting for? Has the pandemic caused you to thirst for things to get back a certain way? Or has it caused you, because of a new experience, to thirst for something different? What are you thirsty for right now? And what's leaving you thirsting for more? Don't think about other people. Think about your own life. What are you really thirsty for? Perhaps another way of thinking about those things that you've been considering is what in the last days, weeks, months, this year has brought you grief? Grief that is deep, that you feel, it could be the grief in losing a loved one, the worst type of grief. It could be the grief of losing a relationship, not to death, but just to brokenness, betrayal. It could be grief in losing opportunities to enjoy things that are really good, like being with your family at Thanksgiving, and at Christmas, and in a sanctuary. And it's a real loss that you are feeling deeply. What have you been considering? The word considering is not a word that I just thought I would talk about. It's a word right in our text. In verse 20, it says of Joseph, but as he considered these things, the word considered means to ponder, to reflect on, to deliberate, to consider, to, con to contemplate, to process information and come up with a plan. And oftentimes the things that leave us in deep consideration, in deep pondering, are the storms of life, the things that we're thirsting for, deep grief, and often in those moments, 
the statement, God with us, doesn't make all things well. In certain moments, the grief becomes so great, the storm so intense, the thirsting not being satisfied, that we actually, if we're honest, wonder, is God with us? Are you with me? And the word of God and the experiences that we have as believers reminds us of the truth that it's not just a seasonal truth. It's not just a beautiful song. It's not just a sign in a yard. It is the reality that God himself is with us. But how? How is he with us? How is he with us right now? Let's look at a few ways. Let's start here. First, let's see that, that God is with us in his word. Joseph has a problem. His wife returns from this long visit, clearly pregnant. And Joseph doesn't really know what to do. He's in a storm. Matthew tells us he's an upright man, he's a righteous man. He seeks to do the right thing, but he is considering what is the right thing to do. God, are you with me? Who can he seek counsel from? When his bride tells him what's happened and that the child inside her is from the Holy Spirit, how is he able to explain that to others in a way that doesn't bring incredible shame? And so he's considering all these things. God with us in his word. First, God gives us his word to reveal to us from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation, his broad yet specific plan of redemption. The Bible is not primarily a book of rules, of precepts and prohibitions. Those are there for God's glory and our own good. But the whole of the scripture from beginning to end is a story of God's divine rescue of his people. It is a story that tells us from the beginning to the end that God is going to be with us. He is going to send a savior. Centuries before, Isaiah says so, and he says of this one who is going to be born of a virgin, you shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. For the son that she gives birth to is going to be God himself. God reveals himself to us that he is with us in his word. Centuries before, he points to the day that this Messiah will be born. And now the Messiah is in his mother's womb being knit together. God's word is alive and it's being fulfilled. God is with us in his word. Hebrews 4 tells us that his word is alive and it's active. 
It was then just as it is now. And now just as it was then. God's with us in his word. And Joseph is moving through this storm of his life and he's giving great considerations to the things that he should do. And he comes up with a plan. His pondering, his process, his thinking about, his contemplation has led him to say, I'm going to divorce her quietly. And really it was the honorable thing to do. But God's word is with us. And God's word is powerful. And God's word, which is nothing more than God's revelation, moves in through the voice of an angel in a dream. And God's going to accomplish his will, and his will is that we will have a savior whose name will be Emmanuel. And so God with us in his word, the promise of a virgin with child, the promise that he will be called Emmanuel, the prophecy that this will one day happen is now fulfilled. And the word alive comes into Joseph's life. Verse 20 again, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Do not fear. The reason he was in deep consideration, contemplation, pondering, was because he was afraid. What am I supposed to do? What if I do the wrong thing? He did what he thought was right, but it wasn't God's will. And God's powerful word, God with us, intervenes and it interrupts. It changes the course of what he, Joseph, was going to do so that God with us, that prophecy and promise would be fulfilled. The angel spoke to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet in the word, God with us in his word. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Friends, God is with us in his word. And his word has the power to proclaim the future, to prophesy about the future, and then the power to fulfill it. But it's always pointing to a person. And the person is Emmanuel. The person is Jesus. So when you ask the question, how is God with us? First, he's with us in his word. His word from beginning to end. His living and active word can work in your life today so greatly that when you are considering things and you are putting plans together, if it's not according to his word, he has the power to intervene, to interrupt, to have a sermon or a friend or a book or the word of God itself reveal to you that he's with you, that he's leading you, that he's never gonna forsake you, that he does give wisdom to those who ask. In this moment, in Joseph's life, how was God with him? 
He was with them in his word. And the word was being knit together in his soon-to-be wife's womb. That's amazing. How else is God with us? Well, he's with us in his nature. This child conceived by the Holy Spirit being knit together in the womb of Mary is truly a man, truly human, 100% human, and yet 100% God. When this child was born, he came into the world through the natural pain of labor. I promise it wasn't easy on Mary. When this child was born, he was dependent upon the milk from her breast to survive. When this child grew and his hands felt dirt or a hammer or water or hair, it felt it just as you do. This baby born's nature is just like yours and mine as a man, yet he was without sin. To understand how human Jesus was, think of these three things. In one story, he is physically exhausted because he's 100% man. And while a storm rages, and he and his 12 disciples are on a boat, they in absolute fear are doing everything they can to survive, but Jesus sleeps. Why? Because he's exhausted. When they ask him, don't you care about us that we're about to die? He stands up, this man who felt the wet water on his face, and he simply spoke to the wind and the waves. Be still, and they were. And then these 12 had a new fear come on them. Who is this man that even the wind and the sea obey? Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, is with us in his nature. He was fully man. Not only was he tired, he was also thirsty. He meets a woman at a well and he asks the woman to give him something to drink. He's breaking racial customs. She has come there to get water too. Jesus is thirsty. He speaks to her about her thirst and about a living water that would cause her never to thirst again. Jesus thirst because he has a nature like yours and mine. He needed water to survive. Not only did he have to sleep and did he have to drink, but he too grieved. He grieved with real tears as a man watched two of his closest friends grieving over the loss of their brother Lazarus. The word of God tells us, God with us, that this God wept for his heart broke for those whose hearts were breaking. Jesus is like us, God with us, in his nature. What storm are you in the middle of right now? Jesus understands storms. What are you thirsting for now that only he can satisfy? Jesus knows what it means to thirst 
and how to depend upon the only one who can satisfy. What grief are you carrying now that you feel so deeply? God with us means that he is with us in our nature. He understands your fear, your pain, your sorrow. Two of the hymns that we love to sing, especially during Advent and also during Holy Week, one is from the squalor of a borrowed stable. And this is the line that I, I'm so drawn to to think about the nature of Christ. Yes, he walked my road and he felt my pain, joys and sorrows that I know so well. And then many, many years before that hymn, come thou long expected Jesus. When we sing it, we sing, we sing these words, came to earth to taste our sadness, he whose glories knew no end. What are you considering? What are you processing? What are you reflecting upon, wondering what to do? What storm, what thirst, what grief? God with us, has given us his word. God with us understands everything you're going through. Lastly, how else is God with us? He's with us in the person of the Holy Spirit. I don't want you to miss this. When the angel appears To Joseph, he says, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Matthew recorded it earlier in verse 18, before they came together, before they had intercourse, before they had become one, Mary and Joseph, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus did not have a sinful nature. He was not born a sinner like all of us, yet he had a full human nature that was tempted far greater than you've ever been tempted or I've ever been tempted. The book of Hebrews says because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. That was his human nature, but he never sinned. He couldn't or he couldn't have been the sacrificial lamb. God with us is with us in his word. God with us means he's with us in understanding because of his nature. But God is with us also because of the gift of the person of the Holy Spirit. And here's what that means. If you are in Christ Jesus, if tonight you profess to believe and you would say, I am a Christian, it's because at some point in your life, the same Holy Spirit that conceived this child in the Virgin Mary is the same Holy Spirit that gave birth to you and your faith. The same Holy Spirit is the one that Jesus promised. He said to his disciples, it is better for me if I leave, for then the Father will give you the gift, and the gift is the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit is in every follower of Christ. 
That Holy Spirit is with us constantly. That Holy Spirit will remain with us forever. And that Holy Spirit, God with us, is the Spirit of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God with us, Emmanuel. And the reason we can sing all is well. The reason we can believe it is well with my soul is because of Emmanuel, God with us. There are times in my life as a pastor when I have to help people be honest with the storms of their life, the lack of satisfaction in what they've been thirsting for, or in griefs that are so great that they, they just can't really sense the power and presence of God with us. On Monday of this week, December 21st, my phone was blowing up early from family members. My sister had celebrated her birthday on December 20th. Her oldest daughter, she has twins, Ashley and Amber. Amber's husband, my niece's 37-year-old husband, died of a massive heart attack Monday morning. My niece Amber is a nurse, and there she sought to save his life, but was unable to. 37 years old, leaving this young woman, a widow, and a little girl who's almost one. God with us? The day after tomorrow, we will bury him. And I will continue to lovingly say, Jesus understands your grief. Jesus is with you in this storm. Only Jesus is going to be able to satisfy over time the questions that you have, the thirst that you have. And so does the Father. For one day, that kind of pain will be no more for those who are in Christ. One day, for all who are in Christ, that grief will be no more. But this side of heaven, God never promised to take away that pain. He promised to give us himself. And he did. And this God went through a storm on a hill called Golgotha, where there he rested, nailed to a cross, from that place saying, I thirst. And from that place, experiencing grief beyond what any of us could ever comprehend, so that one day, all who would trust in Emmanuel could live forever with no more tears. What have you been considering? What storms, what thirst, 
What grief. God with us is not a pithy phrase or a statement to put on a card or on a sign in the yard. It's the truth of the word of God, a sign that God is with us. Friend, no matter how dark, no matter how violent, no matter how sad, this God is what you who are in Christ are ultimately thirsting for. In the midst of all that you are considering, consider him. Consider who he says he is. Consider what you've heard tonight in song, in prayers, in the preaching. Ask him, who are you? And turn to his word to see that he's with us, with us who trust in him. Let's pray. Father, the hope that fills our hearts is a hope that can illuminate a joy that doesn't deny the darkness and the evil and the hardships of life. It doesn't ignore storms. It doesn't deny grief. It doesn't find its thirst satisfied in anyone but you. Lord, I pray that as we hear these words sung about God with us, that we wouldn't just follow along with the beauty of the music, but we would think deeply, consider deeply who you are and how much we need you. And as we finish out this glorious time together, would you stir in us such affection that we would leave with hope that is far greater than that with which we entered this place today. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Let us truly know that you, Emmanuel, are with us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.